Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix, who is again back in his luck, now luxury underground bunker at an undisclosed location somewhere in Southern California, and I am so envious, I want my own underground bunker to uh, to broadcast from. And uh, maybe- You too. Yeah. You too can have your own underground bunker for a price tag of, well, fill in the blank. Yes. How are you, Greg? Very well. Good to see, good to hear you, good to see you, and uh, um, what a week. And I understand there's an election coming up right around the corner. Yeah, I wonder how many. I wonder if you polled Californians, if, how many would know that there's a, an election coming up on March third. I, I think you could honestly make a case that there would be a significant percentage that uh, have lost track of the fact that the primary has been moved from June to March. I think also the other the other question would be how many of them know that there is a proposition 13 on the March ballot asking them to approve a 15 billion dollar bond 27 billion with interest to go to oh yeah schools the favorite thing for California to spend money on. Right. On top of the $54 billion of school bonds that have been approved by the voters since 1998. And where, and where did that money go? And uh, just more, before we leave Proposition 13 to talk to our guest, it proposi- this new Proposition 13, not to be confused with the Proposition 13 that protects our property taxes and being prevents us from being taxed out of our homes by rising property values, this one would double the amount of debt school districts can take on. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Anytime you make it easier for the government to put over on the voters the ability for the voters to vote themselves into debt and to vote themselves tax increases, usually the government wins that case. I should say the... Uh, uh, folks in this case up in Sacramento, because voters love to vote themselves tax increases, don't they? Yes. Well, not not themselves, but they do like to vote other people tax increases. And, <laughs> and, 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 and of course, you know, what's, what's, what's underlying all these tax increases, local tax increases, and like all these bond measures, is the unfunded pensions. Is that yep. sopping up other money that could go for repairs and maintenance and improvements so then they come back to the people. Oh, do you, would, would you like a school for your child to go to? Would you like a police officer? Would you like a firefighter? And th- those are the choices. We never get to choose, well, should we have a defined benefit pension plan for the government employees? Should we have welfare for illegal aliens? And so on. Those choices, we, you never, we, the voters are never presented with that choice. We need a tax increase or we're going to have to cut off some illegal aliens from, from uh, welfare and free health care. Somehow we never get that choice, do we? No, but we always do have seem to have a choices of who to vote for at the uh, at election and trying to figure out who the right person is to vote for uh, is always a task for voters. And we're going to try and make that uh, give give that a little more clarity here today. Yeah. One of the one of the more important or contested races, all the races are just it's locked in. There's a Democrat in that district and the registration edge is, is such that. There's no realistic chance of unseating that person. But one of, the, one of the key contested districts in our area is Senate District 23. And this is currently held by State Senator Mike Morality. State Senate districts have about a million people in them. And this one goes all the way from Ontario, Rancho, around the north, north part of the San Bernardino, Redlands, out as far as uh, Cabazon, down to Hemet, and down to Lake Elsinore. Uh, Squiggly lines, of course, as they gerrymander these districts, but that's it's a it's a huge area. Mike Morell is retiring, he's, and he's been he's been a, a, a great senator, uh, and so there's now a con- both Democrats and Republicans are running in this, and we have one of the Republicans on the line, Lloyd White, who's a council member in I never can get these cities straight: of Banning or Beaumont. They're all like like one one of those one of those one of those cities out there towards Palm Springs. Uh, I, I think hi, Greg. C. Yeah. I think it's C. None of the above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Hi, Greg and Don. Good to good to be here. Uh, it is Beaumont, 
but it is hard to tell. We have one road that sort of divides the city, and many people don't realize that one side is Beaumont and one side is Banning. But um, I have been a council member for the last five years in Beaumont. And you came in under very difficult circumstances. Basically, the whole entire rest of the city council and other city employees were arrested by the FBI and prosecuted for fraud and, and corruption. Well, actually, when I came in, I was arguing that, and that was the campaign um, issue that I was raising. The city council did not, no one on council was um, arrested or charged with anything, but we did, um, they did arrest our city manager, city attorney, chief of police, and, and our four major department heads, and six of them pled guilty to felony convictions. And we've already received about $14 million back in restitution, and we're still working on that. Now, what uh, now? What prompted me to uh, to invite you onto the show today was a mailer that I received yesterday, and uh, it was listing all of these tax increases that you supposedly voted for, and it's not put out by any of your uh, either your Republican opponents or the Democrats. It's put it was put out by the quote Coalition to Restore California's Middle Class unquote. Who could possibly be opposed to that? And it was it says Lloyd White is wrong. And listening to all these tax increases, and they go, you know, somehow I don't think this is the full, complete, and accurate story. And of course, it's not. So I wanted to give you a chance to uh, explain what the real story is and how just how deceitful this mailer is. Well, and actually, it goes even further. You know, it's more specific. It says that I'm not just wrong. I'm the wrong Republican. So we can read into that, you know, who who's behind this. But you're right. Um, I, I, will, I will never tell a lie. And I am admitting that I voted for those special taxes and I voted to increase our mitigation fees. But you're right. There's not the whole story. And, and I think some people, especially my opponent, who've never served on a city council, don't understand some of the decisions and votes that we have to make. The special taxes that are brought up in the flyer, and actually there was also a commercial on Fox News showing the exact same um, information. The special taxes were for a couple of Melarus districts, which I have been, you know, when I originally ran, I've been against the idea of Melarus districts. It's, it's, it's created some of the highest property taxes in Beaumont, and actually we reformed our Melarus district to drop property taxes by $4 million a year for 13,000 homeowners. And the votes that I took that are presented in that flyer are some of the votes that we did to, to make the reforms. Basically, there was already a policy in place, and there were agreements with the developers that we would put together a, a tax rate um, that helped fund the scandal that Beaumont faced five years ago. We decided to vote to change that, and we put in a new policy. We dropped a, an escalator. I mean, I could get in details here and bore, bore you for at least uh, three or four hours. So short story on those, we replaced some special taxes that were higher than the ones that we put in place, but I did vote to authorize those special taxes, but it saves the new homeowners that are coming in uh, significant payments in property taxes over the life of the uh, of the bonds, which is 30 years. So bottom line, so bottom line is the new taxes you voted for were lower than the taxes they replaced. Correct. Well, it was lower than the taxes that we would have had to agree to if we had followed the policy of the, of the previous administration. Um, this was the formation is it's actually, we didn't actually vote in taxes. We were voting for the formation of a Melrose district, which at the time you have to, put in estimates of what the eventual tax obligation for each homeowner will be. And that's where those numbers come from. Now, and these, we made sure... <clears throat> go ahead. I was just going to ask and clarify for listeners, because it, you're right, it, it gets very weedy. Melrose is typically associated with new developments, correct? Absolutely. It's to build the infrastructure that, in the old days, the developers would pay for and then just rise, raise the cost of the home instead of going through all these Melarus bonds. So so what you are recounting was you terminated an old Melarus uh, tax and brought in a new Melarus tax, and you're saying that that new Melarus tax was lower. Well, and, and I don't want to get in the weeds, but I have to make sure I'm clear on this. Because sure. Because, of course, there'll be, there'll be another hit piece telling me that I, I'm lying. 
um, we had not yet formed that Melarus district, but all the districts that we formed and one that we were overlaying in that district had a policy in place where we would have higher um, Melarus payments if we had formed that district in that manner. So when we formed the new district, we, we limited the amount of money that could be bonded, and we also uh, removed an escalator. And one thing that our city had not had, and one reason we were financially in trouble, is we did not have any public safety for police and fire for all these new homes. We did not have that built into the Melrose program. So that's, that's what we changed. That's what we modified. But again, um, it would have um, been much higher rates if we hadn't accepted and authorized the levy of these property taxes. And this is for this is for new I just again to clarify this is for new homes that were being built other residents in other parts of the city uh did not get affected by this, correct? That's correct. When you form the Mellow Roots there's one owner and that's the landowner, the developer and he and that that entity can vote on whether or not to put Mellow Roots bonds on the property and then when they sell the homes that they eventually build the new homeowners accept their share of those bond payments. Now, another part of the flyer, we talked about mitigation fees, and uh, you did vote to raise those, but I was in reading your long piece of explanation this morning, is that Beaumont had not raised any mitigation fees in 20 years prior to that, and as a result, other home existing homeowners were having to pay for improvements for necessary for new homes being built. Basically, uh, that's a good summary. Um, most cities will renew their mitigation fees every five years. Again, none of the, my opponents really understanding this because they're not running. They've never worked and run a city before. But our no our immigrant um, mitigation fees were 20 years old and what that means is if you're not updating the mitigation fees you're undercharging the developers for their for their share of mitigating the new development if you're undercharging them and you're not collecting exactly what you need to pay your staff to to do all of the the processes that are necessary then the the difference is coming out of the general fund and that means the general fund is having less money for services for the entire city not just homeowners but for everyone so if you don't continue to stay on top of those and raise those, and you talk to any council member, probably in the state, we're required to make sure that we don't charge too much for services and that we don't charge too little for services. So that's why you have to stay on top of those. And when our new city manager came in, he pointed out to us, hey, you guys, you haven't raised these or you haven't even reviewed them in 20 years. And so that was something that, again, the rest of the community was subsidizing the new development because we were not charging the developers the proper amount of mitigation fees. Yeah, we need to take a break here, but the the point is that when you get these mailers that are attacking, and especially when they come not from the person who's running against the the target of the ad, but from these outside groups, which of course, you know, even though they're not supposed to coordinate, they of course do coordinate with the candidates that they are in fact supporting, is... There's often a, they're, they're, if they're not outright lies, they're at least deceptive, misleading, and incomplete. And it, the, the person, I think the person that you're, we're going to talk about who your opponents are and how the, uh, you know, you're not the establishment choice. You're not the establishment Republican choice in this race. But first, we need to hear from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding the Past to Go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. NMLS ID number 9921, California. 
number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number Redlands is in the is in District 23, so in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, we are looking at look closely at this race and deciding who, if anyone, we should endorse in the race. And we we interviewed the candidates, and there, there are three Republicans running in this first round and two Democrats, which, of course, come in only three varieties, left, lefter, and communist. But among the Republicans, you have Christina Paracci, who's the on the Redland School Board and has done a good job there trying to mitigate against the triple X sex education. But she really doesn't have a serious campaign for a district in which there's a million people. So your, your other principal opposition is a woman named Rosalise Ochoa Bogue, and she's on the uh, Red. Uh, she's on the Ukaipa School Board. But she's never actually won a contested election for the school board. And we interviewed her. And this woman does not know what she believes or why she believes it. We asked her about, for example, we asked her about the uh, cap and trade tax increase that was passed. uh, And she works for, she used to work for Chad Mays, who led the Republicans, a number of them, to vote for the cap-and-trade tax increase. And she gives this long answer about what Chad Mays' rationale was. And then I said, okay, okay, I'm not Chad Mays. What would you do? And she says, well, you know, I would have to talk to my constituents and see what they would really want about that, blah, 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 blah. And at that point, she lost me. There's n- there was nothing more that she could say 
when she could not give an answer to whether she would support the cap and trade tax increase that's going to increase once it kicks this new one kicks in i think in 2020 or 2021 once it kicks in it's going to increase gas prices by 73 cents or more a gallon and she couldn't come up with an answer on that and that was only one example of she just does you know she's someone who and that if she's elected She'll be, she will be led around by the establishment, and she will vote how she's told. And that's probably part of why they, they support her. Now, they can also say, well, she's a woman, and she's Latino, and it has those, has those uh, demographic characteristics. But she's someone they can count on to vote however they want her to vote. You know, you bring up cap and trade. I keep hearing that it's going to raise our gas taxes and raise our overall energy costs. But I don't know when that exactly is supposed to start happening. I thought, like you, it was going to kick in, I thought, last year even. And then we heard sometime January of 2020 hasn't kicked in. When does it actually kick in? Well, the new law, again, I'd have to look, look, look it up. When the new, there was an existing cap and trade, which were already, you don't see it. You don't see it listed as a tax, but you're already paying 10 or 15 cents a gallon because of the existing Right. Cap and trade. So this new one, once this new one kicks in, and the whole purpose of it is to force us out of our cars by raising the price of energy. And if it doesn't raise the price of energy, doesn't raise the price of gas, it doesn't do anything. So by definition, it has to. And the California Air Resources Board can ratchet down the amount of carbon credits allowed under the cap and trade to accomplish that result. So it is a huge tax increase. And she had, and she had no position on it. She's very soft on illegal immigration. Uh, you know, so, you know, she is somebody who is the far, the opposite of a conservative. She is the opposite of Mike Morrell, who knew what he believed, why he believed it, and he may have been heavily outnumbered, but he never wilted under the pressure. And many and some Republicans have wilted under the pressure to raise taxes. And there's a tremendous pressure in Sacramento to raise taxes, to get more money for the government employee unions, the pensions, and everyone who wants money from the government. So well, that more- pressure is going to, probably going to show up on not just the March ballot, but on the November ballot with a, a, a direct frontal attack on Prop 13 called split roll, an additional potentially $17 billion. But there's other local entities that want to raise taxes. We have Lloyd White on the uh, phone right now, who is running. Oh yeah, him. I, 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 yeah, I was, I was so busy talking, I let's forgot who was to, on the line. Let's get back to Lloyd because there's a, there's another tax, and I, I don't know if we want to actually get into this now or later what? in the show. But well, Lloyd there's is another on, sale. There's another sales tax that's being proposed for folks in Riverside County. Yeah, we only have about 45 seconds left in in this segment before we have a hard break. So let's let's hold Lloyd over if he can, and we'll talk about. He's on the Riverside County Transportation Committee that is proposed that wants to put another measure for a sales tax on the ballot in November. So we'll talk about that and where that money is going. We all remember Prop Six was we were promised that money was going to the roads, and when the repeal failed, uh, Governor Newsom lockbox right. Governor Newsom diverted the money off into bike paths and buses and, and I whatnot. Think that was I didn't think that could happen. I thought that was why we passed that constitutional amendment to go along with. They promised it. Prop they? six. The pro- they did. The, the they politicians promised. promised. I can't believe it. I'm so disappointed. They could. The politicians lied to us. Oh, whoa, what was me? Anyways, stay tuned after this, and we'll have more with Lloyd White and the plan to for more sales taxes in Riverside County. After this. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. 
Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are certified to be the number one political talk show in our market, in our time slot. And we've worked very hard to achieve that goal. So, and, we're, and, we're, and Don and I are very, very proud uh, of, of making that accomplishment. We yeah, are visiting... Go ahead. I've got a, I've got a whole shelf of of awards that we've been given for being the number one show in our time slot on our station. Yes, I I don't have room for any more. Well, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll squeeze one into in, into my home office. Yeah, you know, for the, the next one that we get. Anyways, the um, we are visiting with Lloyd White, who is a candidate for state senate district twenty three, which is roughly it's where Mike Morell is the state senator and runs from. Ontario Rancho around North San Bernardino, Highland, Redlands, and down to Hemet and, uh, and Lake Elsinore. It's about a million people in that district. And Lloyd is running against two other Republicans here in the first round, uh, uh, Rosalisi Ochoa Bogue and Christina Paracci, and then two far-left Democrats, as if there's any other kind. Uh, Chris Goodwin, I think it is, and Sabrina Cervantes. No. Nope. Sabrina Cervantes is our is my no. assemblywoman in Abigail the Medina. Assembly Abigail Medina. Abigail Medina. Abigail Medina. And so many a, names to keep track yes, of. Lloyd is also on the Riverside County Transportation Committee, and there's a proposal that's going to be on the November ballot for more sales taxes, supposedly to fund roads. Remember how that worked out with Proposition Six with that we were promised. Was all the money all that money was going to the roads and it's not. So, but there's only a few people, including Lloyd, out of twenty-something people on that commission, that are looking out for the taxpayers. Tell us about that, Lloyd. Well, I'd like to first. You mentioned Prop Six and how we were fooled on that, and I just want to re- respond to something in the earlier um, session. You had talked about the split role. We need to stop calling it split role. We need to start calling it local re- revenue for local governments and schools. Because when we say we're against that, people are going to look up and go, "Why? Why could you be against that?" But that's what Becerra is going to name the new, the new measure, and he's going to he's going to try and trick voters again. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but you're right. I'm on Riverside County Transportation Commission. I've been on that commission for my entire time on council, five years, and we did recently pass a measure or a we approved a rough draft of a new measure A sales tax of a half cent sales tax countywide um, to continue the existing half cent sales tax that we're already paying for measure a part one and it is um, a program that is supposed to send the money to transportation projects they're changing up a little bit how they determine what are the most important projects which which i have a problem with because it's going it, to if passed it will um, favor much larger cities than the smaller communities that are out throughout our district. The problem with it, as you point out, is that there are thirty. There were thirty-five folks voting on the draft, and there were four votes against, and twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one in favor of it. And a lot of the argument is, and you brought this up earlier in the show. A lot of the argument is, you know, we're going to let the people decide whether they want to tax themselves. And so I'm not voting for a tax. I'm voting to allow the cities, the, the citizens to vote for a tax, which is always, in my opinion, a problem. And that's not what I was elected to do. I wasn't elected to um, just pass taxes, hoping that the citizens vote against them. Um, so I think that that's, that's my clear problem with this one. I, I'm Again, I'm the only candidate. Actually, if you go on American Tax, uh, Americans for Tax Reform's website, you'll see that there's only two of us in the entire state involved with state Senate campaigns 
that have signed a no new tax pledge, and I'm one of those. Um, but you're right, we have quite a number. Um, my neighboring community, they're, they're going to be voting on a sales tax in Ukaipa, actually approved by my opponent's um, husband. And that's going to be on the March 3rd ballot. And then on the March 20, on the November 20th ballot, she has a has approved a $100 million school bond that they're hoping to get on the March or the November ballot. Sorry, I'm confusing these ballots. But, um, yes, so I'd be happy to try and explain more to you about the RCTC, but basically the plan is to raise the countywide sales tax and continue to build projects. Well, of course, the project, and we have a similar thing in San, in San Marino County, used to be called Sandbag, and then that didn't sound so good. So they're mar- after probably after an expensive marketing contract, they came up with the San Marino County Transportation Authority. But it's one of these regional government entities that makes decisions about how money is spent and how development proceeds, and try, they, they're pushing the uh, government-run transportation which few people ride and, and is losing ridership and market share all over, the, all over the country, practically, other than a few old legacy cities like New York, Chicago. And the, the, related to that, of course, is the stack-and-pack housing that goes with that. And we're fighting that battle in Redlands. We're probably going to be talking about that on a, on a future show. But it's, the people do not have direct – so, it, so the, you have this commission – that makes these decisions, but this body is not directly accountable to the voters. The, the, each, each of the governing government agencies that's a member of it then appoints a member. In the case, in the case of Beaumont, yourself, Lloyd, but or, or, or some other city appoints somebody else. So it, it's this, and this is the whole concept of regional government, is to make these decisions in a way that is more insulated from what the voters might actually think. Absolutely. And, you know, in this case, uh, a number of the people who, who voted in favor of the rough draft, they had one of two arguments. One argument was, look, I'm going to let the voters decide, and, and it's, it's my job to let the voters decide. And the other argument was, well, I'm not really voting for the final draft, and I'm not voting to put this on a ballot. Uh, we will have that vote in, Jan- in June after everyone's had a chance to comment and make changes to the, uh, the rough draft. So when we vote on the final draft in June, that will go on the uh, ballot. You know, here's my problem with what I've seen happening with RCTC, and, and I'm sure other transportation commissions are similar, is before SB1 was ever passed, before anyone knew that it was coming down the pike, we had, as a commission, a five-year and a 10-year plan on projects that we needed to get accomplished. We had a plan. We knew with the current revenue that we had that we could get things done. Once SB1 was approved, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, great, we can do a lot more of our projects, which is good. But then it became we had to have SB1. We couldn't lose it. If we lose it, we're going to lose all these bridges and projects. And we're doing the same thing again. We're looking at a, at a plan where we, ha- we have to make a plan based on the worst case, and we're going to get to these projects. There's never enough money, but I think that's part of the problem. And one thing I want to change when I go to Sacramento is as I sat on the counts of the commission for the last five years, every time we would talk about what kind of support we're getting from Sacramento, I would always ask, what Inland Empire commission or elected officials are on any of the transportation committees up in Sacramento, and very seldom were we represented it up represented there. That will be with my background with the transportation, what I've seen happening in RCTC. That'll be one of my focuses to get on those transportation commissions and try and bring back the funds that we already pay for, that we're already being taxed for, back to our district to work on. Um, much-needed infrastructure, and to avoid having to keep putting more sales taxes and property taxes to pay for uh, roads and, and highways. Right. And it's not exa- Go ahead, Don. I was just going to say, let's recap this a little bit, because it does get weedy. RCTC, a transportation commission uh, made up of 35 representatives from the cities throughout Riverside County, has made the decision to put a... Uh, item on the ballot that would essentially raise the sales tax on everybody in Riverside County in order to pay for transportation projects, correct? That is correct, yes. Now, let me ask you this. We just talked about SB1, which was the infamous Prop 6, you know, vote yes if you want to uh, 
cancel that. If you want to vote against the gas tax, vote no on Prop 6 if you want the gas. Very confusing. In fact, I'm still confused. I don't even know if I said that right. But 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 so you have SB1, which was the gas tax increase, which not only happened in 2019, it happened again in 2020. They're installments. This was increasing over time. There was an there was a, a companion bill to that that would have kept that money in a quote unquote lockbox, which apparently was just recently violated by Governor Newsom to divert gas tax money from roads to bike paths and other non car related transportation projects. If he had not done that, would it have been necessary for RCTC to even consider? A gas tax increase, or is are those two things completely disconnected? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Also, remember Governor Newsom, I believe, rated or uh, assigned SB one money, I think, for to pay for water because he couldn't get a water tax. Uh, so I don't, I don't know the details of the numbers and the dollars and, and where that comes um, into play in in our decision here. I just we've been taxed enough. I mean, one of the problems is we pay too much in taxes, and and especially districts like District 23, we're not getting back the dollars that we're sending to Sacramento. It's going to San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, um, Mm -hmm. Sacramento, and and we need to have that coming back so that we are getting money for these projects. And I think that if we were getting more of that money back and getting more of the transportation money that's being doled out throughout the state – that the uh, Riverside County Transportation Commission would not have to feel they need to raise sales tax by asking on people in the county. We're going right. to we're have to leave it here uh, for, for this time, Lloyd. I just would add that we had in the Residence Tea Party Patriots, we had a candidate forum back in November, and Lloyd White won 64% of the straw poll vote we had among the people who heard who heard the debate and heard all three of the Republican candidates there. So uh, that you can consider that in deciding how to vote in this uh, very important election for Senate District 23. And with that, we're going to hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite, i.e. Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morale asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United IE Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. Plenty of opportunities for people to get involved in this election cycle, Greg. I have, I still believe that the answer to California's problems are either... That the, that the whole state crashes and burns under the weight of all of the financial obligations that are that the uh, Sacramento has beset upon it. Uh, you know, things like AD, you know, the, the, the AB5, which is sending jobs out of California, killing the independent contractor market all the way up to new taxes that the state it either crashes and burns or more people have to get off the couch and get involved because I believe if they do, we could literally take the state back. And that's my whole goal in my activism, Greg, is to encourage people to take a role, to answer the call of that most important political office, private citizen, and do something. Get behind a candidate, uh, get more people to vote, uh, take political control of your neighborhood, not hard to do, but you got to do something because if you don't do anything, then 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 this supermajority in Sacramento can just run roughshod all over us. Yes, uh, we were talking about in the with Lloyd White about deceptive and deceitful political ads, and there was a mailer sent out by. Um, 
allies of Rosalisa Ochoa Bogue. Of course, her name doesn't appear on it. That's done by a, quote, independent group, unquote. And, but I saw, I saw an ad this week uh, on TV for Chad Mays. Now, Chad Mays used to be a Republican. He left the Republican Party um, long, long before he officially left the Republican Party to run this, this time as, as a no-party preference candidate. And as the Republican leader, he led seven, six other Republicans with himself to vote for the massive cap-and-trade tax increase. Okay, so he left, and there's a lot of a lot of people were unhappy with him about that. He left the party to, the day before the filing deadline to run as as a no party preference. They found Andrew Kotyuk was able to get qualified and run as a Republican in the 42nd Assembly District. So I'm seeing this ad, and he's running as a conservative. Wait, and, and he's ta- and really? he's ta- and he's and he's, he says as Assembly Republican leader, I got all of my Republicans to vote against Jerry Brown's tax increase, the SB one that we talked about. It was I guess ten cents, twelve cents a gallon of on of of gas tax, and of course all that money's been diverted. Well, that was now. hard. Right, that was hard to do. Right. Okay, but he and then he and then he so he's pretending to be a Republican still. Doesn't mention that he's no longer a Republican or he left the Republican Party. Pretending to be a conservative, even though he's supported the massive cap and trade tax increase and he supports amnesty and he opposes, he's a never Trumper. Pretending to be a Republican, pretending to be a conservative, and pretending to be somebody who's opposed to more taxes. You know, maybe you could get a more, maybe if you really, really tried. You could be more deceptive and deceitful than Chad Mays is being in that ad and whoever's all the special interests that are paying for that TV ad. This is not just a mailer. This is not just something you see on Facebook. This was a TV ad on the Tucker Carlson show that I saw this week. They're paying for that. And it'd be hard to, you'd really have to work to be anything, to find anything more deceptive and deceitful than that ad that Chad Mays is running. That well, it, it, to to claim that you have the moral high ground when it comes to stopping fee and tax, uh, and and any other kind of spending increase in Sacramento spending or revenue generating. And remember, when when Sacramento talks about revenue, they're not they're not Reach talking for your about wallet. Reach for your wallet. If they talk no, about revenue, they're talking about taxes. Revenue equates. To taxes, so when they want to raise revenue, they want to raise taxes. And you know, Chad Mays was uh, responsible for organizing eight Republicans to step off the cliff in order to get an increase in the cap and trade fees, which we still have yet to see implemented. I don't know. I'm paying three dollars and fifty fifteen cents in gas. I don't think that price is reflective of the increases that we're anticipating from cap and trade. So I'm not sure it's in there yet. But no, it's, it's one day it's it coming. will be. It's coming. That's right. Now, as I say, I'm Monty Python. And now for something completely different. There was a piece that got a lot of attention this week. It was on the Don Lemon Show. Not that I ever watched CNN. But, it was, but, but the, the reaction to it drew a lot of attention. And we're gonna, let's play that. Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> You you elite us with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my math and your reading. Yeah, your reading, you know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. All those lines on the map. (laughs) Only them elite us know where Ukraine is. Sorry, I apologize. But by, but by the way, Ukraine. oh my god! But, but, but you know what? But, but it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. Oh but, you know, but, but in all honesty, but all, blame you know what Rick. NPR should Why do? Why not? Sorry, hold on. You, wait, wait. Can yeah, I tell give you, me you a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Okay, that's enough. That that's enough. Good. Sorry. So what this was? So, Rick, so what you doing? Have you heard enough? Have you? Is that what right. you're saying? You've heard enough. You've, you've heard enough here. <laughs> to get the point. This is what the ruling class, and their prostitutes in the mainstream media think of the ordinary people of this country that make the country work. The people that get up every day, go to work, 
go to church, raise their families. That's what they think. That's what they think of you. These people in the ruling class, despite all evidence to the contrary, believe that they are morally and intellectually superior to the rest of us. And they deserve, they are entitled to rule the rest of us. And because we're, and you just heard what they think of freedom-loving, America-loving Americans that are between the coasts. And let's be clear, these people are, I mean, there's so many uh, hypocrisies that they lay out for us daily. The one that I just happened to be reviewing the other day, this is a party that believes that masculinity is toxic and embedded in every man is the rape culture that it's endemic. If you're a man, you're automatically a toxic male that is part of the patriarchy. And a, and, and what comes right along with that is the fact that, you know, you're, you, you are someone who is responsible for advancing the rape culture that exists out there. Now, I'm not sure exactly uh, what evidence there is that there's a rape culture, but these are the same people that think that you can take men who have decided to put on women's clothes and allow them to use the women's bathroom and everything's going to be okay. Those same men that carry that toxic masculinity into the dress, into their their uh, cross-dressing, into their trans uh, existence, all of a sudden it's okay for them to use women's rooms because where, where did that rape, where did that tendency go? That's just one example of like dozens and dozens and dozens that we can lay out. And here you've got CNN, the TV station that has by their president's own, Jeff Zucker's own admission, is going to do everything that they can to align against Donald Trump. These are the guys that you just heard that are on that TV station the one that had that plays fast and loose with the facts are calling Donald Trump supporters heathens once again it's another deplorable moment and the GOP has already turned it into an ad for president trump not only, not only that but the, the they are stupid ignorant and that's why and that's why they believe things like having a border so you look at the results of what the ruling class has done over the last 20 30 years they open border trade policies facilitated the rise of which is the most serious threat country is the most serious threat to us in the world today, China, while hollowing out communities all across the country as factories closed and left to China to take advantage of cheap, oftentimes slave or or, or imprisoned were prisoners working on building your iPhone and whatnot. They, are, they have open borders and, uh, and favor unlimited immigration, regardless of the effects on Americans. As, he, as you said, they believe that there are more than two genders. They produce declining wages for Americans. All, on and on and on. They produce, the world, they produce a lousy to horrible government-run school system that actually indoctrinates children against America. On and on and on. Their results of their policies, and they are corrupt. The most, you know, the, the textbook example is Hunter Biden and the Biden family, uh, t- raking in millions of dollars just because of the connection to the family name of Biden. And Biden's only one example of this. This happens all the time in both parties back there in the swamp. So they they think. They are morally superior. They think they are intellectually superior to the rest of us, but their record of governance is entirely to the contrary. Whereas now under Donald Trump, we have rising wages and rising wages, they're rising the fastest for the lowest income workers. Here's the kind of result in our communities you get from what Greg is talking about. Uh, you know, Prop 47, 57, AB 109 here in California, we know that in California that the ruling class, that the that the liberal elites that we just heard laughing at us want to let prisoners back out on the streets. Well, here's the latest installment, but it it comes actually from what we in California are exporting into other states. Here it is in brief. A convicted child rapist is reportedly getting ready to be released from prison in Iowa 
Why? Because this child rapist who is convicted of up to 15 different crimes ranging from a one-year-old to a 16-year-old, is they're contemplating releasing this person from prison. Why? Because they deem him no longer to be a threat because he's transitioning into a woman. So because this person has decided that he's no longer going to be a man and that he's going to change to a woman, he's going to get out as a result of him no longer being the uh, threat that he was when he did his his a significant chance of him reoffending has dropped to zero. So let's just get him out of prison. And they call us stupid. That is all the time we have for this week on Unite IE Radio. Turn in next week for another exciting edition. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer.